Thanks, Tiffany. Good morning, guys. Glad you're here today. Thanks for being a part of our service again. Uh, before we jump into my talk this morning, I just want to uh, I like to celebrate the good things that God has done. Last uh, week, Easter was amazing. Thank you for many of you who served and invited your friends and family to come. We had over 2,400 showed up. We had 54 that got baptized and 34 picked up New Believers packets. So yeah, let's, let's give up to the Lord. So I just want to say thank you for being a part of that. It was great. Uh, we're going to uh, move forward today in our new series called Re-Energize Your Life. And I'll be in 1 Peter chapter 5. If you've got your Bible or your Bible app, you can open to 1 Peter 5. It's way in the back of the New Testament. We'll get there in just a bit. Also going to ask, ask the ushers to come now, if you guys you would, and take our morning offering. And we say this all the time. If this is uh, your guest today, if this is the first time with us, please don't feel obligated to give. Uh, we give people an opportunity to give us an act, an act of love and worship and to support what God is doing around here. And all the, along those lines, I do want to mention, we're getting to the point right now, can you believe May's going to be here like in less than two weeks, uh, where we start to see, uh, because of the nicer weather, a drop in our attendance. Uh, we completely understand, uh, but we encourage you to set up online giving uh, while you're gone so that you can continue to support what God's doing here, because our bills stay the same even though it's July. So anyhow, enough said on that. Uh, like I said, we're going to get into a new series today. I'm excited about this. I don't know if any of you can relate to the issue of stress, but I can. So it's good for me. If it's good for anybody, I uh, hope you'll be encouraged today. I've got a friend. His name's Wayne, and we go way back. And it's one of the most talented, gifted, and successful people I've ever known. I mean, he's a 10-star, 10-talent guy. Amazing man. Uh, but he came to a point in his life where he had an emotional and uh, mental breakdown and literally uh, just ended up in a pool of drool and cur cur uh, curled up in a fetal position on the floor. And he's told the story. If you uh, know him, you know, you know he's told it publicly how he came to the point where he did not learn uh, until then how to deal with his stress and it took its toll on his life. We in a, live in a culture in a world nowadays where physical and emotional burnout and stress-related problems are far too common. In fact, in a survey done, one in three Americans say that they experience stress uh, every day in their life, uh, some level of stress every day in their life. That's 30% of the people, that's 30% of you who say, yeah, I have some sort of stress in my life every day. Six out of 10, so 60% of the people, say they experience great stress. I'm not sure how you define great stress versus whatever normal stress is, but 60% say they experience great stress once or twice a week, and it's not healthy, it's not good for us. Stress, at its core, is the body's reaction to threat, whether real or perceived. So it's this body uh, reaction, this emotional, physical reaction to things that are happening. Whenever your body feels threatened, whenever you feel threatened by something or someone, whether it's emotional, physical, mental, or spiritual, uh, your blood pressure goes up, your pulse quickens, and adrenaline shoots through your body. And we've all been there. And by the way, there's nothing wrong or abnormal with that stress reaction. In fact, if you're standing in the middle of a street and you're about to get hit by a big truck, that's a good thing that you have a stress reaction that gives you this burst of adrenaline that gets you out of the way so you don't die. That's not the problem. The problem is what I'm calling chronic stress, is what medical professionals call chronic stress. And your body is never meant to be there. That's chronic stress is when it never shuts down. You live almost at the constant level of stress all the time. Hundreds and hundreds of medical studies have been done that show that chronic stress is dangerous, it's devastating to your health, both your physical, emotional, and even your spiritual health. In fact, chronic stress can quite literally kill you. And that's why this matters. That's why I want to talk about this today. I want to punch through, uh, this is not on the outline in the back of your bulletin, but I'm going to give you the top 10 symptoms of stress overload. And what I'm going to ask you to do is as I run through these, you might just make a mental note. Yep, yep, nope, nope. Make a mental note of whether this applies to you or not. So the top 10, 10 symptoms of stress overload. Number one, 
Decision-making becomes more difficult. Both major and minor decisions become a common challenge. Number two, excessive daydreaming. Some of you are there right now. <laughs> Number three, increased use of cigarettes, alcohol, or legal or illegal drugs. Number four, thoughts trail off <laughs> while speaking or writing. You got it, good. You guys are sharper than the early service. Thoughts trail off while speaking or writing. Number five, you live with a fear of heart attack or another sudden illness. Number six, sudden outburst of anger or hostility. Number seven, paranoid ideas and mistrust of friends. Everybody's out to get you. Number eight, you dream of escape all the time. Number nine, frequent spells of brooding and feelings of inadequacy. Think Eeyore in flesh and blood. Or number 10, reversals in usual behavior. Things you never would do or never did, suddenly you find yourself doing. Now, Listen carefully. <laughs> you see the look in some of your faces. That's me. All of those are me. To some degree, just about everybody experiences some of these things some of the time. Just about all of us. And especially if you're a parent, you've been there probably this week. So don't panic if these symptoms around sound, uh, sound uh, uh, awfully familiar to you. But here's the, here's the big but. If they become normal, the norm for you, then something needs to change. Something needs to change or you're cruising for a bruising and you're destined for destruction. It's not good. Stress is something we all face. Every one of us face it. But if we don't know how to deal with it, if we haven't learned how to deal with stress in our life, especially chronic stress, then we're never gonna live the kind of life God intended for us to live. And that's why this is such a big deal to me because it's a big deal to God. He has a better way for you to live. Jesus promised abundant life. Now, let me be clear on this. I've said this so many times in the past. Abundant life does not mean an easy life. Abundant life does not mean it's always gonna go the way you always want it to go. But abundant life means that we have life to the max and we know we have him with us. And so no matter what we face, we never face it alone. And God never, listen to me, he never intended for you to live with chronic stress. That's not his plan for you and me. So here's the big idea, it's on the outline. Stress is dangerous. When it is unduly prolonged, comes too often, or is dealt with inappropriately, that's when it's bad. God, however, is the good news. God has provided a way of life and peace to help us. God has provided a better way. So let's take a look at how to deal with stress before it deals with you. How to deal with stress before it kills you. I'm gonna give you four things. I could take literally hours and hours to cover each one of these individually, but I'm gonna just hit the highlights and trust that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and, and that maybe it'll inspire you to do some more study on your own. But here's the first thing of the four. Number one, number one, check your heart. How do you deal with stress before it deals with you? How do you deal with chronic stress? Check your heart. Let me give you a simple definition of stress. Stress is the result of carrying too great a load Listen, all by yourself, and that's a heart issue. And often we do so because of one of two things, either pride or fear. Pride or fear. We tend to carry too much, we carry more than we ever were meant to carry, carry things that we shouldn't carry because of pride on the one hand. We think, I'm the only one that can do this, it's gotta be me, I've gotta do this, I'm the answer, I'm the, I'm the superhero, I've gotta, gotta, gotta do it. That's pride. Or the other extreme, fear. Fear, where we are afraid to let go, afraid of losing control, and fear leads to worry, and worry always leads to stress. And those are heart issues. They're heart issues. When the load gets too great on a bridge or on a life, that's unhealthy stress, and that's a stress that can cause destruction to you. I found this picture on the internet, and uh, I never plan on driving over that bridge ever in my life. That is a bridge under stress. It's somewhere in Uruguay. You can see the kids, look at that, mommy. That's not good, that's not right. That bridge is on the brink of destruction and some of you are right there. 
when we carry too great a weight on our lives, in our time, with our money, with our relationships, we risk emotional, physical, or spiritual destruction. And again, listen, God never meant for you to do that. In fact, he never meant for you to go alone under a burden that would destroy you. He wants to carry the load for you. He wants to be right there with you every step along the way. Jesus calls us to this completely different way of living. Matthew eleven twenty eight. let me just read it to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's an invitation from Jesus, come to me. You're weary, you're stressed out, you're burdened, you're dying under the weight of it all. Come to me, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Now, I know the context of this passage. Some of you have been through the Matthew journey or you're in it right now. And I know that when Jesus said this in context, what he's addressing is religiosity. He's saying to people who have been overly burdened by the stress of all the laws that they could never keep, all the religious performance stuff that they were under in his day and age. He said, listen, that's not God's plan. That's not what he intended for you. Come to me, those of you that are burdened by all this religiosity, and I will give you rest because you walk in relationship with me. She said, that's the way God intended it to be. I know the context of this verse, but the principle is still true. The principle is true. God does not want you to carry it alone. In fact, he wants you to come to him. The first and best place for you to deal with stress is to come to the Father, to come to God, to run to Jesus because that's what he wants for you. And that's why it's a heart issue. I had you turn to 1 Peter 5. Let me read 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Peter said, give all your worries, I love this, all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. There's so much in this one sentence. The old King James, cast all your cares on him, for he careth for you. It's a, it's a beautiful verse, though, but Peter is saying, listen, here's the deal. Give, give it up, all, not just some, all your worries, all your stress, all your cares to God. Why? Because he cares for you more than you can possibly imagine. And he cares about what happens to you. This is a heart issue for us because we've got to choose first to believe that God does care. Some of you are not convinced that God cares about you. You've been through hard times, stress, struggle, you're in it right now. And your big question is, where is God? I don't think he cares. The Bible says he does. And the truth is, he does care. And he wants you to cast those cares and worries on him. You've got to choose to believe that he cares. And then you've got to choose to let go, to cast all those worries and cares on his shoulders. At the risk of oversimplifying this, I, I want to tell you that when we cast our cares on the Lord, we are in fact doing what he, Jesus invited us to do in Matthew 11. We are connecting ourselves to him. We are connecting ourselves to the one who's able to carry far more than you and I ever can. We're connecting ourselves to God of the universe. Many years ago, in fact, it was our very first Easter. And I thought about this last week over Easter because I remembered our very first Easter. It was 2003. We were in our old first building on Mission in Argonne. And some of you were with us, and you remember that place. And, but the week before Easter, this is our first Easter at East Point, my very first Easter with you guys. And we were, had sold our home on the lower South Hill to move to the valley. Pastor of the church of the valley, wanted to live in the valley. So we thought, we'll sell our home. And the lady that bought our home was adamant about the closing date. And it happened to be like the Thursday uh, before Easter. Now, think about it. You know what it's like for all of us on Easter. You know how busy things get. But for a pastor, it's like the Super Bowl. And a lot of things have to happen. And a lot of things have to take place. And so I'm already dealing with a lot, way more on my plate. And it's our first Easter. 
And I wanted to knock it out of the park. I want to make sure that we did a great job. And so I'm stressed a little bit already, and then I find out we've got to move. And over the Thursday and Friday, the not-so-good Friday for me that day, the Thursday and Friday, we had to move. And you know what moving's like. Everything's in boxes. You can't find anything. You're stressed out. It's like one of, I don't know, it's like the top three or four stressful things that you can do is move. How many of you have moved recently? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, is it fun? No. I hate moving. So we're going through all of that, and I'm getting more and more amped up and stressed as we go. And then it dawned on me, about halfway through the day, that Thursday packing, you know what? This is not okay. I can't, I can't go into Easter this way. And I made a choice. I remember making a conscious choice. I'm gonna invest more time tonight and tomorrow. I'm gonna spend more time in prayer, more time in the Word, more time with Jesus, because I can't carry this on my own. Here's what our natural human tendency, what we do. When we get stressed out, when we get over busy, when all sorts of things are happening in our life, what do we do? The first thing to go is God. We give, no, I don't have time for church. No, I don't have time to pray. I can't read my Bible. I got too much going on. I got to take care of all these other things. And it's the worst decision we can make. The very best thing we can do is come to the one who wants to carry the load for us. Come to the one, stay connected to him who said, I'm here for you. The best thing I did that week in that crazy week was invest more time with him. Why? Because I'm just not that strong. I'm not strong enough to carry the load on my own. And so I began what I encourage you to do that week, to cast my cares. And that's something we've got to learn to do. It doesn't come naturally to cast our cares on his shoulders. Don't carry too great a load all by yourself. The best way to deal with stress is to make sure you're spiritually healthy and connected to Jesus. And by the way, connected to others who will help you along the way. But that's a whole other topic. Let's move on. Second thing, number two. How to deal with stress. Number two, check your schedule. Check your schedule. Psalm 90, verse 12. The psalmist says, teach us to number our days and to recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Love this verse. The psalmist is saying, God, teach me that my days are limited. Teach me to number my days and to recognize how few they are, how precious they are. And then, and I love this part of the prayer, help me. Help me to spend, I would say, to invest them as I should. I'll be honest with you, and I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, so it's not, if you feel like I'm talking to you, I'm not. Maybe I am. But here's the deal. Way too many of us have too much in our schedule. And anyone with too much in their schedule, with an overcrowded schedule, and no margin in their life, is going to have too much stress, period. You cannot operate on full bore all the time. Too many are pulled by too many directions, too many demands from too many people. And you feel like that, you know, that hamster on the wheel, running and running and running, but getting nowhere. And that's not God's plan. Dr. Richard Svensson, in fact, if you want to read a great book, it's called The Overload Syndrome. He quotes a mom, and I read this and I laughed. It's sad, but I laughed. He quotes a mom who says, I'm so tired, my idea of a vacation is a trip to the dentist. I just can't wait to sit in that chair and do absolutely nothing. It's a sad day when going to the dentist is a good thing for you. I mean, I love dentists, believe me, I've, put a few dentist kids through college with my teeth. But I, I, the fact of the matter is, if that's the only moment you have to yourself, something's not right. Years ago, a good friend of ours came to us, to me, and Lord, she said, I'm, I'm stressed out. I don't know, I feel exhausted. I'm spiritually dry. I don't even like God, let alone like my husband or my kids. And she was not in a good place. And we knew a little bit about her story. I said, well, what do you think's going on? And she began to, to, to 
give a whole list of things going on in her world. Four kids in three different schools. We raised four children. I can tell you, I know that's challenging. All three, four of the kids were involved in extracurricular activities uh, from premier soccer to tuba lessons to dance. I don't know. All these things. They were, she said she put 60,000 miles a year on her minivan. Driving these kids all over the place and, and all these different things that she was involved in. You add to that the fact that I knew that her husband was gone about 50% of the time. He traveled a lot on business. No wonder she was exhausted and spiritually dry and ready to quit. I told her what I'm telling you. Check your schedule. Are there non-essentials that can be cut? And I know whenever I ask that question, oh, absolutely not. Everything I do is important. Really? Are there non-essentials that can be cut? You don't have to be involved in anything. You don't have to be involved in everything. You don't have to make the decision to always do everything for everybody. Here's a word that you can practice. In fact, I want you to say it with me out loud. The word is N-O. Say it out loud. No. Oh, you guys are good. You can say, no, I cannot do that. No, we will not do that. Again, we raised four kids, and we told our kids, listen, you get to pick one thing that you'll be involved in because we're just not going to kill ourselves trying to keep up with everybody. Now, I, I want to bless my kids. I want you to bless your kids. and sure you want to be involved in their lives, but it's okay. Choose what's best and reasonable. Too often I've watched parents spend hundreds of hours doing stuff, especially sporting events and other activities, while, listen, this is the problem, while they invest very little into themselves. The problem is not helping and blessing your kids. The problem is not investing into your own life. So the question is, are you consistently scheduling in times of personal, personal rest, fun, and exercise for you? And by the way, here's what I've discovered. If I don't schedule it, it don't happen. If I don't schedule time, it doesn't happen. I never have the time if I wait for that to happen. And here's another thing I know. Listen carefully. A sick or dead parent can't drive their kids anywhere. And a grumpy parent will only drive their kids away. Don't be that mom or dad. Don't be that person. Make choices. Check your schedule. And by the way, along those lines, are you scheduling time alone with God? I don't care whether you're a morning person. People say, I can't get up at four in the morning and pray because I'm a night person. Then pray at night. I don't care. I don't have two hours a day to spend in prayer. I don't spend two hours a day in prayer. Find what works for you and make it work, but schedule time with God. Time alone with him to refuel your soul. Check your schedule. Let's move on because you guys are really getting upset with me. Number three. Here's the third thing you need to do to deal with your stress. Number three, check your finances. Check your finances. Now I know whenever a pastor uses the F word in church, people get nervous. Finances, what were you guys thinking? Uh, whenever we talk about money in church, people get a little nervous, but you all know this. Money, especially the lack thereof, is a huge cause of stress in people's lives. And tragically, now I, maybe two, three, four times a year out of 52 weeks, we will talk about money around here. And the reason we do so is because the Bible has a lot to say about it. Jesus, about one in seven things Jesus taught had to do with money or possessions. Jesus understands that this is a heart issue, that this matters, that this is a cause of stress for a lot of people. And the Bible's very practical. And I'm just, there's so much I can cover here. I'm just gonna highlight a couple of things. Here's just a few things the Bible says about finances, money. Proverbs 23, verse four, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Solomon says, don't kill yourself trying to make money. Paul wrote this to, first, to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. Godliness, along with contentment, does put us ahead but not in the ways some imagine. You see, we came into this world with nothing and nothing is going, is going the way we're going out. 
But those who chase riches are constantly falling into temptation and snares. They're caught by their own stupid and harmful choices, desires, dragged down and pulled into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, not money, the love of money and what it can buy is the root of all sorts of evil. Some have already wandered away from the true faith because they craved what it had to offer. For when reaching for the prize, they found their hands and hearts pierced with many sorrows. The Bible says, don't go after something that's gonna kill you in the process. Contentment is important. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. The word constantly challenges. The Bible constantly challenges us to be careful with our finances because nothing messes with our hearts more and our minds more than money. And along those lines, let me address one other uncomfortable issue. It's the issue of debt. You see, truthfully, the, to reduce the stress in your life, you need to reduce the debt in your life. I can promise you this, the greater your debt, the greater your stress, every time. I've never met or talked to anybody who that's not true. The greater your debt, the greater your stress. And so it only makes sense. You want to reduce your stress, reduce your debt. I want to encourage you, and I could talk about this for a long time, just a couple of things. One, let me just remind you, it probably took you some time to get into debt. It will probably take you time to get out. Be patient and cry out to God. But the second thing I need to encourage you to do is have a plan. And it's like scheduling your time. If you don't do it intentionally, you, you never really find out how best, how good your time in your life can be. And if you don't have a plan, an intentional plan for your resources, for getting out of debt, then you won't get there as well. I'm gonna give a shameless plug right now for a class that we offer around here, and it's called the Financial Peace University. And I know the, the university part scares people. That's just an intense class. It starts May 3rd, not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. And we run it, and it's here, and it's good, and it's an amazing class. In fact, the last service was cool. During the time I'm talking about it, three people signed up online. Yes, you could do that while you're listening. This class, guys, people say, well, I just, that's, that's too long. It's, it's a big commitment on Wednesday night. You, you make the commitment because it'll change your life. Oh, it says in a bulletin that costs $93 plus tax and shipping. I just don't have the money. Listen, financial people, we don't make money off of this. That's to pay for the resources and, and to do what we've got to do to run this class. But that $100 you invest in Financial Peace University will pay itself back over 10, maybe 100-fold in your life. It'll make a huge difference. Some of you need to have a plan and you don't have a clue how to get from where you're at to where you need to be. And you've got all this stress in your life because of debt and financial, and financial mismanagement. And we want to help you. You don't probably need as much as you think you need. And you need to deal with debt. You need to get out of debt. And so I just want to tell you, one of the ways you reduce your stress is to check your finances. All right, one more. Here's the fourth and final thing you need to do. Check your relationships. Check your relationships. Next to money, nothing robs our peace quicker or puts us in a severe state of stress and, uh, and then relational tension. Stress and tension faster than relational st stuff going on in our lives. Your best friend says something that hurts you. And it's, it's stress goes up. Your spouse is something stupid. Last night, my wife and I were playing uh, Yahtzee. Yes, we play that once in a while, and, and we like to play games, and I was kicking her tush. I was, I was beating her so bad. And I, I, the, the problem is not that I was beating her. The problem is that I was rubbing it in, and I was being a real jerk to her about it. Not good. Not, uh, believe me, the stress went up in our house, and it was, it was not a pretty picture. Uh, spouse stuff raises stress. Your kids are treated badly by a bully. In school or neighborhood, your blood pressure rises. And often it's our own words that get us into trouble. 
We say something stupid or harsh, and boy, the stress level goes up. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I bet you money, I bet you guys that every one of you this week at some point experienced some level of relational stress with somebody, and when it happened, the blood pressure went up because it's not a fun thing. Proverbs 15:1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word just stirs things up. It's coming home Friday from downtown. My wife and I, I'm off on Fridays. We're driving down uh, Sprague, and this kid was jaywalking, a couple boys, and they're probably, I don't know, maybe 14, 15 years of age. And the one kid's got his pants down to his knees, and, and he's jaywalking. So he, I don't know if it's because his pants were down to his knees or because he was just being a jerk, but he's sauntering across the street. And I had to stop for him, he's, and I didn't want to, believe me. But I, I'd probably go to jail if I hit him. So I stopped and, and let the kid walk, and, and I, I, everything in me wanted to roll my window down and give this kid an earful. I just wanted to give him, you juvenile delinquent, what's wrong with you? You cannot, you're jaywalking and then you're sawing across and pull your pants up, buddy. And, and I mean, all these things are going through my mind and I wanted to roll my window down and give him a piece of my mind. Fortunately, I did not because I remembered a gentle answer turns away wrath, harsh words stir up anger. If I had done that, would that have been good for him or me? No, it would not. He probably would have, you know, that's my pinky, by the way. He probably would have... <laughs> It, it would have raised my stress, raised his stress. It would not have ended well. We've got to learn. Sometimes, many times, our words get us into trouble. Been there, done that way too many times. Check your relationships. And oddly enough, <laughs> often what's at the root of stress in our relationships is this one really important word, and it's called forgiveness. In other words, unforgiveness causes stress. It creates this bitterness in our souls and poisons our relationships. And it always, listen, unforgiveness always causes great stress. And the truth of the matter is, the person it causes the most stress for is the person who refuses to forgive. We think we're holding that person and you know, making their life miserable because they, and well, I'm never gonna forgive them. And they don't even think about us. They're not even aware. We're the ones getting all chewed up by our unforgiveness. Unresolved conflict in relational issues causes stress in our life, and unfortunately, can also cause stress in generations to come. I could tell you story after story, but how we deal with relational stress in a life-giving way matters, and so I'm gonna give you a couple quick things you need to do. First, forgive as you've been forgiven. Rather than walk and practice unforgiveness, walk in forgiveness and practice a lifestyle of forgiveness. Forgive as you've been forgiven, and that's a profound way to reduce stress in your life. Ephesians 4.32, Paul put it this way, very simply. He said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Do you have any idea if we just practiced that one verse this week, how amazing that would impact all of our relationships? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, why? Because you've been forgiven just as in Christ God forgave you. Paul says, keep in mind how much Jesus has let you off the hook of, how much he's forgiven you of. And then practice that. Release people from your judgment. Forgive as you've been forgiven. The second thing we need to do is treat others the way we want to be treated. Jesus said this in Luke 6, 31. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's, we call it the golden rule. It started with Jesus. And the golden rule is the golden rule because it's priceless in maintaining healthy, less stressful relationships. You want to reduce stress, treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, they don't deserve it. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, but they're jerks. Treat people the way you want to be treated. 
Your boss, you, tomorrow morning, you're thinking, man, I've got to deal with that guy again, and I hate him. He's a jerk, and he's make my life miserable. Treat him the way you want to be treated. Forgive him as you've been forgiven. And I promise you, Monday will be way better for you tomorrow. This isn't me. This is the Bible. This is God. This is the way he created us to live. We, we forgive. We treat others the way we want to be treated. Check your relationships. and Get healing. Get help if you need help. And it'll reduce stress in your life. Your heart, your schedule, your finances, your relationships. Check those things. Why? Because chronic living, it's living with chronic and unmanaged stress isn't God's plan for you. It's not what he wants for you. He's got something way better. One last story I want to pray for us when we'll be done. A long time ago, uh, there was an older woman in my life who I will not mention her name, just she's, she long ago passed away, but um, she was a very bitter woman, very angry. And when I first met her, I, the first impression I had was, wow, who ticked her off? And then I began to get a little bit more of her story. I found out she had been uh, in an abusive marriage to an alcoholic uh, for years and years, finally uh, divorced him, left him. But she never dealt with, never went through a healing process in her own heart. You know, we run, Sandy runs a great ministry here called Divorce Care. And the reason we do that is because we know that divorce just rips people's souls. It rips their hearts out. And it stomps on them. And it's hard. And when you go through that, you can go through that and become worse and embittered and full of, of, of emotional ugliness. Or you can get help and healing. She chose not to get help and became very embittered and very angry and just emotionally, quite frankly, ugly to everybody around her. She had several daughters. That got passed on from her to them, that bitterness, that attitude, and frankly, from her daughters uh, to her granddaughters even. That's why I said earlier, sometimes it's a generational thing. That it's, this isn't just future, uh, current stress, but the potential for future stress that's set up when we make poor choices. And I remember looking and thinking, man, if she had just chosen to get help, to get relationally healed, then the impact, not only on her life, but on her, on her girls and on her, even her granddaughters, would have profoundly been different. Get help, get healed, get relational healing when necessary, because that's the path to reducing stress in your life. Go ahead, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for making a way for us to um, find hope and help in you. I don't know, God, with stress what storm is going on in the lives of those sitting in this room right now. Some of them I know, but most of them I don't. Or those watching online, I don't know what they're going through right now, but Jesus, you know it all. You see every, every aspect of their experience, past, present, and future. And the challenge, the call is still the same. Cast your cares on me. That's what you said, Jesus. Cast our cares on you because you care for us. So help us this morning. Lord, there's so many more things we could have talked about, but I... I pray, God, that this morning you would help people make a choice to fix their eyes on you, to cast their cares on you, to check their, their lives, Lord, against the word, against the truth, against healing and, and the things that need to be healed in their lives so they can make good choices to leave here today so they can leave here transformed by you, by your Holy Spirit. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed just for a minute. Maybe you're here today and you've not yet started your life as Christ follower. The most important relationship you'll ever have is your relationship with God. And you want to reduce stress in your life, 
that comes from guilt and shame and failure and fear and all sorts of other things. It starts right here with making a decision to say, yes, I need a savior. Yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I need forgiveness. I need grace. And if you're here today and you're ready to make that choice, that decision, I'm gonna pray a very simple prayer. And I wanna pray this and, and I'm gonna ask you to make my prayer your prayer right now. Make these words your words. If this is what you wanna do, just cry out to God. Jesus, thank you. I believe that you came, that you lived for me. I believe that you died for me and for my sins on that cross. And I believe you live now. And I wanna live in you. I wanna live forgiven. I wanna live free from my past, from my sins, from my failures. I wanna live in relationship with you, God. And so right here, right now, I accept, I embrace that gift that you offered to me of forgiveness, of grace, of mercy. I say yes to that. And I surrender my life to you. Jesus says you surrendered your life for me. Now, if that's you, that's what you want in your own way to say, yep, God, that's, that's my prayer. That's what I want. And the Bible says that instant you do, you become his child forever. It's the beginning of your relationship with God. Father, thank you for those making that choice right now. Burn it into their hearts and their minds that they leave this place today changed because of you. And they're now your kids. You're, they're children of God. Thank you for that, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to finish with one of my most favorite songs. And we were talking about this last week. It would be a great song to finish on. It's, it's an old hymn that we've modernized. It's called It Is Well. But I can't think of a better way to end this service than right here. I'm gonna ask you to do this, guys. Don't check out yet. Don't be thinking about what you're gonna do or where you're gonna go. I'm gonna invite you in this time to cast those cares. This is a great opportunity to practically put in place what we just talked about. Okay, God, I've got this stress in my life, this relational thing, I cast it on you. I have finances, I cast it on you. God, I'm gonna fix my eyes on you and declare in my soul that it is well because of you. Let's worship and I'll come back and wrap it up. I love the line of that song, let go, let go, I still trust in him. That's the way we find the path to a less stressful life. So we gotta let go and trust in him. Today, if you begin your life as Christ follower, if you began the journey of saying, yes, I wanna follow Jesus, then we wanna walk with you and we're excited for you. But we uh, encourage you to do two things. One is tell somebody, let them know today. Today you began your life as a Christ follower. And then on the uh, tables by the doors, there's baskets with some plastic bags in them. It's got a Bible, some tricky starting walk with Jesus. Please pick one of those up and take it home. And then watch for the First Steps class that's coming up. It's designed for you. It's just, it just happens during Sunday morning, 45 minutes, to give you a good start in your walk with Him. Prayer team will be down front. There's communion available on both sides of the room. Next week will be in part two, how to re-energize your life, taking a look at uh, how to balance your life. I know it doesn't apply to any of you, but it'll be good for me. So we'll talk about how to balance your life. Thanks for being here today. Go live out a stress-free life as you cast your cares on him this week. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here.